Hey, thanks for tuning in. This episode is part of the newsletter I put out each month called Hello Neighbor. We talk about things going on in New York, reflect on a couple changes that happened to laws in New York City in 2019, and some of my predictions for the future. So enjoy, like, subscribe, talk to you later. Bye. clapping because it's the new year and also if you know, any, know anything about tech or doing videos or podcasts clapping at the beginning of a clip is how you can sync up your audio and video just a little tidbit hey thanks for tuning in my name is marcus shot real estate agent in new york city if you haven't seen my videos before we make real estate videos also things to do in new york and we try to educate and inform you to make sure that you are a more knowledgeable consumer and hopefully get some financial independence and stability through real estate, whether it's buying or owning or investing, or even if you're just a renter, you just know your rights as a renter or the current market conditions. In so you're getting good deals, and if laws change, you're protected. So this also goes along with my monthly newsletter called Hello Neighbor. If you found this video through the link in my email newsletter, thank you. If you want to subscribe to it, there'll be a link in the bio in YouTube. And if you follow me at Marcus Amadeus on all social medias and the Ask Amadeus podcasts where all podcasts are found. We mostly do real estate stuff, but we also talk about cultural commentary a little bit things happening in New York, things that I find important. So thanks for tuning in. If you like it, subscribe. And before we get into things, we got to talk about business stuff. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent in New York this year, please call me. I can help you list your apartment, maintain uh, renovations you might need before listing. We do a lot of cosmetic work. And if you're worried about the upfront costs, just like like, you're selling your apartment, you have deferred fees. We have a a program called Compass Concierge, where we cover the upfront costs for doing minor renovations to list your home to make it pop. Because if you're been watching any of my videos or you're reading the uh, market reports online, buyers are really looking for move-in ready homes right now. Uh, you know, for people who are using them for end-user buyers more than uh, you know fixer-upper homes. Uh, that's what the that's what the the millennials want these days. So we also have a uh, uh, a program called uh, the Compass Bridge Loan, where if you are currently owning a home but you found a home you really like, and you know there's always that transition of selling your home, finding a buyer, getting in contract, getting a new home, getting into contract, and closing. So bridge loans will help you bridge the gap of financing if you are have a lot of your money tied up in your current home. And then we're going to talk about what's going on this month in New York. A couple things you should do, just fun stuff. You know, you probably. S- Sick and tired of going around and on the holidays. I'm gonna close this window right here. Sorry, I had the window open. Um, the holidays were fun, but I'm glad that they're over. I had a whole. If you were listen to the last episode, I've had a whole month of traveling and celebrating and things like that, and it's great to do those sort of things. But I'm great grateful to be back in the new year. So this episode we're going to talk about 
a few important things I thought about 2019, where we're heading for 2020, and what that means to you. So, some a few th- things I want to talk about in 2019. I think that there's two of the most important changes that happen in New York in terms of law and legislation for home buyers and renters. Number one, in June, I think it was June or July. Cuomo and de Blasio passed a uh, sweeping rent regulation reforms. If you saw my videos, you saw it, you heard about it. Long story short, in effort to preserve affordable housing, they passed laws to cap capital improvements and secure those apartments in rate rent stabilization. Uh, If you're in one now, basically every summer into fall, they vote on how much you can increase it. It's usually 1% to 2%. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's a half percent. But it's generally never over three. That kind of remained the same. One big thing is that when apartments get vacated, uh, landlords are allowed to do X amount of dollars in capital improvement. And there's a scale of, you know, if you, I, can't, I don't know the exact numbers, but if you spend 10000 on renovations, you can raise the rent, say, $100 a month. Um, that has been eliminated. You are no longer allowed to do that. So a lot of times owners or investors... A lot of people got caught in a, a weird situation where they're mid-renovation trying to destabilize an apartment and get it to market rate, which is what you want to ideally what you want to do with your investments. Uh, but they no, no longer do that. So I had actually had an example of a landlord who spent fifty thousand dollars on a renovation right as this passed, and now some lucky person will get that apartment. I think he's trying to find a relative to go in there. But anyways, it's it's locked in. So those units are locked into affordable housing. Uh, rent stabilization, exactly. And uh, a couple other things, it's just limiting security deposits. You can only take one month of rent, one month security deposit uh, from the landlord. So you can't, you know, if you're an independent contractor, an artist, or uh, a company, you can't really pay rent up front anymore. If you're a landlord and you feel kind of iffy about a tenant, you uh, can't take extra rent up front or on the back end like the last month. So just to let you know for landlords and renters. And what else was important about that law? So I think some of the ramifications that are coming down from this law, which I've actually heard of directly from people who I work with and uh, anecdotally from other tenants as well, is we found that sales of these multifamily buildings, it's usually six six units and up generally, are a lot of them are preserved for rent stabilization. The sales have drastically fallen off. So people are just not exchanging these buildings as much. People, they're before, there was issues before because with the rent stabilization, tenants could remain there for quite a long time. It, you pretty much cannot make them leave unless they haven't paid rent for months and months or they're really a problem tenant and you got to bring them to housing court, which is notoriously slow in New York City. And it's very much in favor of the tenants. For, you know, that's good. That's a good thing because, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a city that's hard to find apartments. Um, but what you're finding out is that sales are down. So it's hard to get rid of these assets and trade them. So the the when they do trade, the prices have come down, especially if you have majority rent stabilization and not all of them are market rate. The number two is that landlords are just not investing as much in these apartments anymore because they don't need to. They don't can't be compelled to unless it's in really bad shape because there's no upside for them. So they can't, you know, spending the money to fix the hallway up to make it look nicer or to fix a bathroom in something that's been vacated. It, there's just... There's just not enough return for them, so it just doesn't make any sense. So those are the two kind of downsides to it. Uh, the upside, though, as well, is that 
a lot of there's going to preserve some of this housing, but I think these apartments are going to what's going to end up happening is that they're going to be end up being a lot of off market things. A friend of a friend or a tenant will find out they're not going to go to market as quick because they're going to be so much cheaper than everything else. And the second one is increased. Uh, the second major story I think for 2019 I think is uh, the transfer taxes increasing for. Uh, properties in New York. So for instance, you know, you have city transfer taxes and state transfer taxes. They all went up across the board uh, back in July or June. So the cost of transacting property in New York has gone up. And now there's also more talk about, you know, in New York, we have very low property taxes. There's talking about, you know, for gentrification or um, for new new sales that are transitioning over to increase the taxes as well, which I think is not the best idea because we do have a very high uh, income tax in New York. So owning property is kind of like a little tax um, loophole, not a loophole, but just it's a tax break for people um, versus renting. And uh, moving into 2020, uh, there's a couple things I think are I'm kind of up in the air with. You know, we had such a big run up in the stock market coming into 2019, I personally thought maybe with like the election or impeachment or just people wanting to cash out on this um, really hot stock market right now, that maybe people would move out of the stock, out of stocks and put them into real estate. And as you know, may, may or may not know, opportunity zones that changed when Trump became president uh, were created where basically big tracts of land in the city all over the country have been labeled opportunity zones. And one of the features of an opportunity zone is that if you had a lot of profits in the stock market, instead of selling and getting capital tax for capital gains, you can actually move that money into a, a, a property located in a opportunity zone. And if you hold on to it, I think to like 2026, 27, um, there's a drastically reduced taxation on that property or on, you know, on those gains, if you have them. So for instance, say you made a, a good run up on Apple stock or something like that, you want to cash out. And if you buy a property in an opportunity zone, it's a way to defer taxes. And generally, you know, I think that those opportunities, zone, well, I know that those opportunity zones are basically meant to be uh, an incentive to build in places that have not had the attention or need or had some urban blight, or just need attention for, for investors. So I think that's a good thing. Some people are saying it's like only available to rich people, and I'm like, or commercial investors for the most part, and that's true. But you know, building new housing, more quality housing in these areas creates new jobs, more taxable events, there's more uh, economy going on locally for local businesses. So I like that. And I, you know, I think maybe this year, maybe you'll see some people starting to take advantage of these uh, these taxes. Well, you know, when it passed, it was three years ago. We're going to come up on 2020, 2026 sooner than you think. And maybe we'll get some investments going in that direction. Um, the, another thing is that, you know, moving into 2020, the rental market has been very tight. A lot of the, all the inventory in New York has been quite high end. And I think we're going to kind of continue to see this, this trend uh, into the future. If the the if if uh, put new buyers and buyers in the market don't get a little bit more aggressive, uh, as you know we've talked about it before, 2019 buyers market full on, 
if your house is well-priced, it's a unique house or it's gorgeous or it's move-in ready, still a lot of action. But, you know, there's just, I think, a, a realistic market set into Brooklyn after having our crazy run-up in 2014, 15, 16. So we're kind of not necessarily down, but kind of like a normal market, seeing appreciation 1%, 2 3% versus like 15 So I think that's probably a good thing. And um, with interest rates, who knows where they're going to go. What I've been reading is that they're probably going to be more um, stable and more um, – they're probably going to stay as they are. And But this is the thing. There's two trade-offs with, with low interest rates. It gives you more buying power as a buyer, um, but it also increases um, the value of, of, of a current assets. Like where if, – if you – if cash isn't giving you returns in your savings account, which if you have high interest savings, you've been seeing that for a while, then you put them in mutual funds or stocks, and then those, as you saw, the stock market goes up. Or you know, when it, when we first started seeing four or five percent interest rates, a lot of buyers came off the sideline and started buying. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see where that will go. I think that it, I think we'll probably see more action in the real estate market as I think buyers will say, hey, listen, if I'm going to, the rents are so high, but I can get an affordable apartment, maybe a little bit farther out than I wanted, not exactly where I wanted, um, but just more more realistic uh, expectations of buyers and sellers on where these this pricing will be. And I think after about a year of seeing a lot of price reductions, I think this spring sellers will be a little bit more realistic about like, hey, I need to if I'm going to price high, I need to re reduce quickly if I don't get offers soon um, or just come out of the gate with a reasonable fair price that, that will be compelling for selling. And finally, for 2020, what else do I think was is, is going to be important? Or sorry, this has kind of been the trend for a while. This is the last thing I wanted to talk about. This has kind of been the trend for a while, but there's a lot of articles about people leaving New York, and it's it is true to a certain extent. But if you look at the numbers, it's very small, like point point four percent decrease. I mean, these things vary all the time. So some years will be down a little bit, some years will be up. This is one of the first years in a while that it's been decreasing, which is kind of like. A shock to New Yorkers because it's always, you know, we are the epicenter of you want to go to education in foreign markets. People want to buy here. They want to send their kids to school here. Um, and I think with a lot of the a lot of the stuff happening with Brexit and China trade and uh, the agreements between, uh, I think, uh, NAFTA between Mexico and Canada, I think you're going to see a a re-emergence re of foreign buyers coming back into real estate. Because, you know, a few years ago, we had a little bit more lax laws about EB-9 visas where you could purchase a home, I think it was like two, at least $250,000 or create six jobs in a business to get basically buy citizenship for a, a child or a relative. I think that th that's going to go away to – that's not the case as much anymore. Um, I think with like uh, in, uh, more regulations on citizenship, but I do think that you're going to find um, more foreigners coming back into the real estate market because of just international trade, international trade news. Also, people are seeing how prosperous the economy is, even in an election year. So that's my prediction. I could be wrong, but I'm probably not.
listen, we're, I'm not going to say probably not, but that those are my predictions. So I hope you had a great 2019. Looking forward to the future. If you like this content, you like my video or you like my podcast, go ask Amadeus on iTunes or subscribe to my videos at Marcus Amadeus online and all social medias. And one more time, if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a home in New York City, give me a call or DM me. My information is there. Just Google my name. And I hope to see you soon. Lastly, we're going to be putting up, I have these maps I put up every quarter. They're basically like townhouses, condos, co-ops, basically segmented Google Maps to show you exactly what sold, what closed, how many days it was on the market, what was the price reduction. So it's fun to look at even if you're not in the market, but if you are in the market, you can say, hey, this one bedroom sold for this and this townhouse sold for that. This was the square footage and this is how much time was on the market. So getting your expectations set and in line with the reality of the market. Thank you again. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, neighbor. Bye, neighbor. If you want to be a part of the newsletter, just DM me. Link's in the bio. All right, bye. Have a good day. See ya.